Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. Congrats! You found $2 Late Fee, the best 80s movies podcast in the world. We revisit our favorite 80s movies. And sometimes 90s. And soundtracks from our youth. And then we interview our favorite people who help make them. All in the spirit of nostalgic positivity. Thanks for listening. Well, it's the end of the year. We have officially completed another season of our podcast. It's the season four finale, everybody. When Zach and I started this, we we had no set goals or milestones, but it's been four years, man. That's uh, That's pretty massive. Four years, over a hundred episodes of content. I'm blown away <laughs> what we've done in the past four years. And it's pretty awesome to culminate today with somebody we had in our first season coming back for the end of our fourth season. It is very nice. We covered Rocky Four earlier this month. Rocky Four is a Christmas movie that people never have on their list. But listen, I mean, Rocky fights... Uh, Drago on Christmas Day, folks. On Christmas Day, yeah. You don't get more Christmas movie than that. He gives a speech at the end about, you know, if I if I can change and yous can change, we can change. <laughs> we don't know what he's talking about, but we do know that it's a Christmas message, and we know that the composer of that said movie, Vince DiCola, came back. He was the first composer we've ever interviewed on this show. We actually got invited over to Kenny Meredith, uh, Vince's, uh, Vince's musical partner. Uh, we got invited over to Kenny's studio, Deep End Music Studios, to do a live interview with them um, so they can incorporate some performance elements. So this is the first time where you're going to um, get live music, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's going to be three songs uh, you'll hear in this interview. Most of what they're going to talk about in this interview is going to cover Transformers, their relationship of performing live. And we talked a lot about Rocky IV in the interview we did with Vince in our season one. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, we highly recommend you do that because you get a backstory on all the Rocky IV history. This one is more Transformer-centric. And boy, oh boy, there's some really great stuff in here. Vince talked about Transformers in our first interview, and he's kind of had not an about face, but definitely a time to reflect and appreciate the uh, the importance of that soundtrack in, in pop culture. Yeah. Vince, uh, of course, composed Transformers the movie, um, if that wasn't clear by our context clues, you know, which was such a pivotal movie for many, many 80s kids. But Vince's music in the Transformers world has come back uh, many times, whether it's the Angry Birds Transformers collaboration video game, whether it's other video games. Some video games haven't been released. You're going to hear these things that are going to immediately take you back to your childhood. You know, the word epic gets thrown around a lot, but the, the, the music is epic. It's epic. And the fact that we were able to be there and hear this stuff live was so special. 
Uh, Vince and Kenny have a great relationship. They've known each other for a really long time. You'll hear the whole backstory of their inception of how they started collaborating and working together, which is really funny. This interview is a great way to culminate the, uh, the, the end of the year, the end of the season. It's a great way to wrap up all the fun stuff we do on the show. And thank you, everybody who supported the show. Thank you, everybody who has followed our show, subscribed, left positive comments, et cetera, et cetera. And thank you to everyone who signed up to our Patreon. And if you haven't, consider doing that as well because, you know, we put a lot of fun content on our Patreon page too. Absolutely. I cannot uh, echo that sentiment great, greatly enough. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who stuck around for four years four seasons if you're interested go go back and check out some episodes that you may have missed because uh you know these 80s episodes are evergreen that's 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 the beauty of them certainly uh check out the youtube page give a subscribe you can watch all of our interviews there and we are going to do some some live content in january season five is going to officially start in february with some uh amazing new interviews and then that all kind of like walk us segue into martial arts madness which is a holiday around these parts it sure is and we will be dropping besides the live content that we'll be dropping in uh potentially could be from comic-con earlier in december of 2023 uh territory marks will have a brand new episode in the beginning of january it's our follow-up to the iron claw and the von eric so stay tuned for that Paul London is very much a part of our $2 late fee family and territory marks obviously in 2023 became a part of the $2 late fee umbrella and we've got more in store so much more in store so stay tuned to our YouTube our Instagram all that good social media stuff because uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the new year. Absolutely. All right guys well thank you happy and healthy enjoy Vince DiCola and Kenny Meredith. been a long time coming having you back on the show Vince thank you we've got Kenny Meredith with us now as well and Kenny uh obviously want to hear about your guys relationship but Vince it's an honor to have you back on the show thank you it's an honor to be here and I'm glad you get to meet my partner because we've been together for over 30 years and we do some really fun stuff in here and really good music and a lot of laughter. Yeah. And he's a, he's a local, he's a, also a Michigander like myself. There we go. Go right Lions. Here. Go Lions. I'm from right here. If you put your hand up and you, you uh, right yeah. around in the inside of your... What's that now? What are you talking about? The, Michigan's a hand. It's a, it's a, you know, on right. the, it's the easiest it's, state to figure yeah, out what it looks like. Oh, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's a, it's a rabbit jumping over a, a mitten. That's, <laughs> yes. That's really funny. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring back to the fact that you, you were, you're now a grandparent. Yes. Grandfather. I so last time you were on our show, you, you're, you didn't, know. Didn't have a grandson at that yeah. point. So congrats on that. And it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you go through this thing, you probably as a father went through it, you know, how are you going to be a father? How are you going to be as a father? How am I going to be as a grandfather? Right. You know, that, and and I I was kind of nervous about that. And uh, you know, within a couple of weeks and holding him and everything, it was just a natural thing and I fell in love with him. But uh, yeah, he's my buddy. That's awesome. Shea is his name. He's going to turn four in February. Do you play any of your music for him? I have, and uh, he's actually he's played drums. I have a drum set in my studio, oh, so cool. he sat behind the drum set and kicked around a little bit and uh, you know his mom and dad love music so they play music constantly for him and he'll remember stuff he'll remember even at three years old he'll remember songs and ask for the same song again but um, 
I don't know if he's going to play an instrument. I hope he sticks with the drums. Obviously, it'd be yeah. great. But uh, yeah, because you need a drummer, right? That's what. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> At your whim, That's a right. drummer that you can make do whatever you want That's at any right. time is probably the ultimate goal. Well, he'll be the drummer for this epic band we're all making. Kenny on guitar, mm-hmm. you on the keys, Dustin and I will sing. That Dustin will be on rhythm me. guitar. Gotta sound come good? up with the name yeah. of the band. So, so he doesn't go around the house singing like "Hearts on Fire." Or, no, yeah. not yet. Yeah, not okay. yet. Okay. He doesn't know my my music by name yet. Okay. But I wrote this thing for him for Christmas two years ago. I wrote a a lullaby for him, and he will ask for that lullaby oh, frequently, so cool. even when it's not Christmas time. And when he went to Disneyland and loved it, he loved "It's a Small World." And which which was a ride that I always hated because you get on and you hear this song for oh. God knows how yeah. long and you just yeah. earworm I guess you know they call right. it. But seeing it with him and his eyes, I loved it and I worked it into. I should have brought it. Uh, I worked the melody of that into the very last part of this lullaby that I wrote for Shay. Oh, nice. And, uh, he loves it. He loves it. And he recognized that small world. And I said, yep. That that age you're describing right now is is when kids pretty much universally love all music yeah. and as they get older they start picking up on things that it's like food you know i don't like this food anymore and then suddenly they don't want it anymore right, right. it's just like a certain song i used to play this song for you all the time and now i don't like it anymore no. i just like this and they start to develop those kind of uh their 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 interests and their disinterests right That's right so right now he's very much open book yeah I'll listen to everything you want. Yep. And then you're going to, six years from now, you're going to play it for him. And you're going to be like, you remember when you liked the song? I never liked that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Grandpa. <laughs> maybe right. he will. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll I just read, uh, I think the other day, some somebody got arrested in a small world. Yes, for exposing for being, for being a little too yeah fond of the characters, I guess. Oh, you're kidding. So, oh so maybe it can develop into that. You know, you <laughs> never know. He hung out in the tunnel. I saw it, the footage. It's you disturbing. saw the footage? I saw the footage, yeah. It's really dis- disturbing. The guy stripped down to his skibby, nothing, and jumped into the, as you're coming, as the boats are coming out, he jumped down into that little tunnel area. It's very disturbing. And Whoops. <laughs> Hope it was worth it, because really, like, I mean, you're going to get arrested <laughs> pretty much immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and it stayed true to its name. It's it, a small it was, world. It was small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, have you, <laughs> you ever, have you you ever been arrested for doing that in a small world? <laughs> have you? Have you? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, if I was going to... <laughs> That's uh, where you would. Pick. I think I would have that expectation, right? Like I'm gonna get arrested. Yeah, yeah. Like if I take off my clothes and hide in a tunnel. Yeah, or, right. Yeah. Um, that would not be something I would want to want to see. I don't think I want. I mean, th- I think I'd be partially fascinated. Like, is this guy, is this really a naked man in this yeah. tunnel? <laughs> and it's a small world. Um, but then maybe to your to your point, Vince, it's like it breaks up the monotony of that song. Yeah, like, yes. it's a small. Whoa, there's a naked guy. <laughs> That's anything small, uh, that breaks up the monotony. Yeah, song. right. Um, rough segue, but uh, yeah. so so. How long have you guys known each other, Kenny? How long have you known Vince? I don't know. I'm probably since like definitely the late '90s or like maybe '90s. When did I start doing commercials with you? That was that, was that had that to be like that would have been like. Post ninety five. Okay. So okay. post ninety five before ninety eight, because because uh, I moved in ninety eight. Oh, okay. So and we we started at the other house when I had. The so we started there. a relationship as I was a session player for him. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, and it, actually, 
I did meet Vince before that because I did a session for somebody else that was using Vince's home studio. Oh, so see. that would have been yeah. Right. And uh, so I met Vince then, okay. and then uh, um, I think and after that, actually I think I think my wife started cutting your kids' yeah, hair and, yeah. and and or uh, and Beth and you guys and uh, so Vince would be hanging around the house and then I think from there it was like I think the first thing we did together was. Uh, ER, was it? Yeah, the ER. Th we had to rework. They wanted a rock, like a rocked up version of the ER theme. ER, I'm sure. For a commercial that I was doing. And I think that's the first thing we worked on together and then just start doing stuff from there. Yeah. Oh, wow. How did it evolve from like, oh, you know, I'm cutting your kid's hair to let's work on the ER together? Yeah. Was that Bill's project that we kind of made? No, that was actually, that was somebody else at Warner Brothers. I, at that time, by that time I was, by 95, I was, pretty solid, solidly in doing um, like promos for Warner Brothers for most of their TV shows that they had in syndication. Okay. So it would have been, I don't remember which producer over there that was or creative director, but um, you know, there, there were like four or five of them that, that I was doing stuff for all the time. But that was, um, that was kind of the first one. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't know where we went from there as far as, you know, what would have been the next things that we would have been working on. But that was definitely the first thing that we had worked on together. It's interesting when you meet somebody that you have similar interests with talent-wise and you want to collaborate, but you don't want it to be one of those things where you're taking advantage of that person or feeling like you're taking advantage right. of that person. It right. sounds like this just happened kind of organically right. through the process of hanging out, getting to know each other. Right. Right there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And we hit it off instantly, you know, both from a personal standpoint and a musical standpoint. Yeah. We like the same kind of music and, uh, you know, we're both pretty nice guys. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. And we're, we're both perfectionists, but maybe mm -hmm. some in different ways that sort of keep it from going crazy. Okay. So, and I think, I don't know, Vince is probably relaxed a lot more on that than probably right when I met you. Cause yeah. you know, I, I know some other, well, even, even the bisonettes were going like, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vince drilled down on us, you know, oh, like, yeah. and, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, Yo, Vince drill down. Yeah. 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 Vince, are you a control freak? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, well, you know, no. some people actually that I've worked with said that, and I kind of took offense to that. Yeah. I think um, I just want everybody to, to feel as interested in what they're doing as I am. I think that's yeah. fair. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I want them to, yeah. like, yeah. when I taught my kids piano, you know, that was tough. I was too tough on them because mm. I wanted them to be perfection. Yeah. I wanted right. them to strive for that, and they just wanted to have fun. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. you know, I put together some shows, like back east, I remember I put together a show in 2000, and I used friends that I had recorded or played with in cover bands, Okay, which was really cool to get back together with these people. And they really, they're not professional, but they rose to the occasion because mm -hmm. they were playing this music that they love, and it was their friend that wrote it. And I thought everything went great, but, you know, as the years go by, I'm talking to each one of them, and they said, Man, you were you were really hard on us. <laughs> and I said I, I don't think I was, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I think there needs to be a level though where you get to a point where you want to put out a product that 
is going to mm-hmm. be good. Oh, they all appreciated that too. Yeah, they, they, they appreciated right. that. But I, I didn't feel like a drill sergeant. But maybe yeah. I came faster, across faster, harder, yeah. quicker, <laughs> no, longer. No, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd say you're too too far out of control to be uh, control free. <laughs> good way of putting it. Hilarious. I so, like that. Yeah. You know, it just uh, tri- uh, dawned on me too. The last time we were you were on the show, you were talking about a cruise that you were going to go on, playing with uh, I believe the band Poco. And Ooh. it was called like the Blue Cruise or something like that. That was with Glenn Hughes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's Glenn right. Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. And that was Raider. I mean, I think COVID hit that soon was, after. That was a very strange situation for me. I had, I had known, I have known Glenn for decades, and uh, we, I did a lot of sessions with him. Okay. Never performed live until uh, we went to England in. Uh, when was it? 2019, and I did a, yes. a nine-day tour with him. And after that, it was going to be, they're going to do this cruise. Right. Blues cruise. Yeah. (laughs) And I was the first person in the band to start looking at the news. And I talked it over with my wife. And I said, a cruise? I'm not going to go on a cruise. Well, I was the bad guy for a couple weeks because everybody else was, oh, this is no big thing. You know, well, if you don't go, we want you to pay back our blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. And luckily, over those two weeks, they all got the... You know, they got the the picture. When every, I mean, the the cruise lines were like where it all. Oh, that's the worst. Started, yeah. I feel like, in the U.S. So, yep. uh, yeah, people were being trapped on ships. Yeah, and yeah, and even even pre-COVID, it's like you know, if somebody gets the flu on a cruise ship, right? Like Everybody, they can't come out of their room. It's a petri dish. No, like they're right. they're totally no quarantined thanks. off. Exactly. No way. And I'm I'm disappointed because I really wanted to do that. Yeah, because yeah. you started describing the lineup to us, and it was like all of these artists that we love. Yeah. And these bands that we love, and yep. that 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 genre of music. Because when you came out to LA originally, I think we talked about this. You know, envisioning some sort of like Toto type deal yes. where you were a session musician, you know, and, yep. and and obviously we're big fans of Toto and, and that, that genre of music, which is, I think, getting a better appreciation now. It does seem like You that. know, everything kind of comes around yep. and we're at the stage that our generation is finally starting to get more of a voice when it comes to nostalgia. Sure. Right. So that 70s, late 70s and 80s nostalgia of music of that it's get it's finally getting its due diligence it's due, yeah. yeah yeah that's really nice yeah well and and you guys when you started doing working together did you also just collaborate and jam together too or was that i don't know hmm. if we jammed together i don't even think we did like a live gig together did we no i didn't know i I'll tell you where our relationship really cemented itself yeah is, please is kenny has a friend who is a, a director producer and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And he wasn't going to use John Williams that time. Yeah. So no, he yeah. came to us. John's know. a yeah. little, you know, yeah, long yeah, in the tooth. That's right. <laughs> um, and came to Kenny with an opportunity to score a movie. And that movie was called Sci Fighter. Sci Fighter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Starred. Okay. Uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Don the Dragon yeah. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> We've had him on the show. I yeah. think we might have yes. brought that movie out. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, it's funny because. Because Bill, the guy that produced that, is actually Don's brother-in-law. Oh, I didn't really? know that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's where that connection is. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I had worked for Bill for like years, like starting at like NBC, and then he moved over to Warner Brothers. Okay. Just uh, doing promos mostly, and um, he was another hair clientele of uh, my wife. 
Oh, and interesting. Because his sister is another hair makeup artist, which that's what my wife did. So they were friends. And uh, But anyway, uh, you know, I just start talking to him one day of like, you know, so where do you get the music for these commercials you're doing? And he said, well, I kind of say what I want. And I called down the music department then at NBC. And, um, you know, and then, you know, he, he said they'll send up, you know, 10 pieces on a cassette tape or something and he picks one and then they do all the paperwork on it and you know that's how I got started on doing that stuff I said well next time you're doing one just let me know I'll just do a custom piece for you yeah. you know for the same you know they call them needle drop light library fees yeah yeah and um, so it, but anyway Bill was a guy that kind of got me into Warner Brothers and you know after a couple of years I was just doing like everything for all the people over there and so i kind of refer to bill as my kevin bacon six degrees of hollywood <laughs> right on because most things i could not so much anymore but like probably as late as 2010 it's like i could go oh yeah i'm doing that commercial for sinclair broadcasting oh that was yeah. referred from the you know the vp at warner brothers who bill used to work at warner brothers like i could always connect it and uh that's wild so because of that bill started out doing his first feature movie and um so it was kind of a a payback to you know for us to do that because it was a lot of hard work they were like what were there like 27 fight scenes or yeah something? It, it, we it called is, it boot camp for oh, movie score yeah, it was yeah. uh it was also a lot of fun because yeah. we had the newest technology and okay. the sound libraries and and you know, at, while we're writing the music, we're discovering the greatness of this technology. You yeah. know, the fact that you can make a, an orchestra with the keyboards and you can make right. a choir with the keyboards yes. and everything else. And but it was hard because of all the fight scenes in in both movies we did, Sci Fighter, and the other one was called Soft Target. And I think was Don the Dragon Wilson in that as well. Yeah, it feels like a blood fist movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially. And Gary Soft Busey. Target was a little was bit. Gary Busey. In? Yeah. He was, was he in the other one, Soft Target, and he was such a pain in the oh, ass wow. that, like, uh, <laughs> about, you know, it was like one of those things, like, you know, th we're going to pay you 10 grand just to, you know, just say these lines, you know, like uh, like a few scenes or whatever. But he became such a pain in the ass that, like, <laughs> I think they just wrote in, like, tomorrow we're blowing up Gary Busey. Oh, <laughs> like, and they had, like, a helicopter explosion <laughs> wow, and stuff. That's and it's right. like. Because it's funny because we're watching the scenes and it's going like, there is no way that this is the script. It's like right. he's just making this shit up, yeah. like just going off. Do you know uh, what gun stands for? <laughs> General under napalm, I don't know, whatever he does, yeah. you know, that whole thing of yeah. making things into acronyms or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He, he was a trip, yeah. But those two movies, those two projects, you know, we were – we were in sync with each other yeah. with one another and i think that's where it really cemented our our professional relationship and we we found out how well we worked together mm -hmm. and we just had a lot of fun and made some really good music i'm envisioning that moment because there's something about when you're when you're performing a piece with somebody and you're really clicking with that person and you look over at them and, and you know it's good and you're in the rhythm and you're in sync you just feel that energy yeah it's such a great feeling to have and the fact that you guys were able to do that in the process of scoring these movies is is a beautiful thing yeah. and is. i don't even think it's it's never seems to be anything of like you know like some 
self-realization that like you know wow this you know this just clicked it was just like most of the time most of the pieces of music we do we're, we're very satisfied with it at the end yeah and, and we're we don't really plot out how we got there that's true and uh and you know a lot of times it starts out this way and goes this way and then other times it's it's completely the opposite right but um and, and it doesn't really matter what we're writing because obviously because of vince's history you know people want you know they come to him for a certain thing like if i want vince on a project you know they, they've got something preconceived in in their mind right with me they don't really have that at all because i'm am very ambiguous nobody knows what the hell i'm about <laughs> so you know they um we just did uh, some things um, for, I guess, is Robinson going to be, a, is that a documentary or a podcast? What, what is it on, the Gladys Knight That's a Knight podcast thing? on, um, what's her name? Yeah, Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight and the Pips, which oh. they had a song called Midnight Train to oh, Georgia that was a huge hit. I mean, yeah. It's a big yeah. anniversary of that song. But, but Vince and I just sat here, I grabbed a bass. He played some keys, and then we put up a drum loop, and like we played Motown music. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Quite and, uh, different from what we usually do, it, but it, but it was a still lot of the fun. it's still the same process. Yeah, even though like, you know, there isn't anything musically that we've done that thing into. Wow, wow. But well, it still felt like the same same process. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, if it's if it's fun, you're having a good time. It doesn't matter whether it's a country song or Motown or whatever. It's you're you're in that groove and yeah. I think the biggest challenge Kenny and I face, and I always feel bad for Kenny about this. I mean, I feel bad for myself, but I feel worse for him. When they come to you and say, we want a training montage song, or we want something that sounds like Unicron. We went through this with the, the game Infinite Fleet. Um, they said, well, we'd like this piece to be like Unicron. We must have done five oh, or man. six versions trying to stay away from exactly Unicron. Right. And each one, it was like, well, it's not quite right, right. yet. Well, look, we can't do Unicron. Right. I can't steal that melody, you know, right. uh, for this for this project. And I don't think they ever got that, you know. It's like, we want Eye of the Tiger. Can you do Eye of the Tiger yeah, but yeah. not do Eye of the Tiger? I mean, yeah, it's like it, iconic. Yeah. Because the problem is, is like nobody at the top is creative. And so they just <laughs> so they just took Unicron and they were using it as mm -hmm. their scratch, clearly, yeah. right, and temping it. And they're like, I like it here. And then you guys have this new track, and they're like, well, but it's not Unicron, yeah. and they can't see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's kind of a generational um, difference because, you know, I think when I first started doing, like, music, writing music, that people would be saying, like, yeah, we want something like this or whatever. Right. Like, that generation knew that, like, okay, we don't want to get sued. We don't want to, you know, rip oh, it right, off. Right. We want something that has, you know, the essence. Yeah. And but then, you know, now we've got a whole generation of people that, you know, grew up with Napster and like music's free. Right. You know, software's yep. free, things are like that. So they, it's sort of like, well, just it's, just play it like Unicron. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sad. It's, it's a so sad true. discussion it's, that happens now with the art and art people not appreciating the artist that created the art. I wanted to say on a side note, speaking of Unicron, um, Son and I went to the Transformers movie that had come out earlier this year, and your theme comes on, and my son immediately goes, that's from the that's from the movie. We refer to Transformers the movie as the movie. That's cool. And, that's cool. And, we, and I said, you want to sit through the credits, because he loves to read the, 
credits. Yeah. And I think I attribute some of his reading to learn. That's what I did as a kid, learning to read through reading the credits. And we were looking specifically boy, for your name. Gaffer. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I can read, Mom. <laughs> I figured out what a gaffer was when I was like in my teenage years. I'm like, right. what the heck is a gaffer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Then I'm living next door to one now, and it's a trip. Um, Filmed on location in Georgia. <laughs> hey, what's wow. continuity mean? Um, but we looked for your name specifically, you know, because he remembered exactly who you, who it was. So you're you talking about the live-action yes. tr- Transformers, yes. which is a very strange situation for me because I didn't know they were going to use it. Okay. Oh. I believe it's called Rise of the Beast, right? Uh, is that what the name of the movie yeah. was? Yeah. Anyways. And I, I, the guitar play, the other guitar player in the band that we're in that, that performs my music and the music that Kenny and I have done, he called me up. He said, Vince, do you know that they're using your theme? And this, I said, no, never heard anything about that. Whoa. I went, he sent me a, a link to YouTube. And I couldn't, I honestly could not hear my theme in there. Okay, because he did. It's, yeah. It seems to be obvious to everybody else except me. Okay. And my feeling was they could have stolen that. I would never have known because I didn't I didn't hear it was so obvious my melody. It wasn't so obvious to me. Wow. So it was a big, you know, it was a very uh, honorable thing for me that the, the, the director obviously wanted to make a, a nod back to the first yes. movie. And I'm so glad. I mean, it's on the soundtrack. It's, uh, right. you know. It's, you can feel the effort in that film. I don't I want to won't disparage it in any way but you feel the effort you feel this this attempt to try to bring this franchise to a, a nostalgic level because yeah. let's be honest people want to see the nostalgic transformers from back in the day the nostalgic gi joe all that stuff absolutely you know? so anyways um the important question is did you get paid yes <laughs> that's well, right we'll, we'll that's have to find that out that's the important question nine months from now yeah, we'll, yeah. right okay. we'll find out yeah. and ask cap payments you know talk about the formation of like your legendary music that most of your fans know and your connection how did that come apart or how did that come together with you and Kenny hmm. come apart or come together <laughs> yeah, it's come apart a how number does, of times when it breaks <laughs> right. apart how do you bring it back together it's amazing I, I just talked about how many times we're asked to do a training montage or a war or right, whatever right and each time I say we don't have any more of those in us and somehow <laughs> somehow we've yeah. come up with them yeah it's like been 10 or 12 of them that, yeah. that hold up I think I yeah. mean obviously training montage everybody knows so right and yeah. we try to put a twist on it, but um, and, and for the largest degree, I think we do. I yeah. think it, yeah. you know, it's got but the, it's funny its how own. we kind of take a germ of an idea that's, that's you know, escape or, um, uh, you know, Rocky-themed training montage. But I don't know. I, I always found this, too, doing sound-alikes for commercials and, too. Uh, like, at some point, it always... It, it, flips yeah like and like you kind of like I've, I've always had that there's kind of a unspoken faith that like okay we're totally ripping ourselves off or i'm mm-hmm. ripping this off or that off but at some point it totally changes like and and it evolves into something completely different but i think because you started in one direction it still holds that you know as a you know a, a foundation or a root system on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the biggest project for us that was a challenge because it, it was specifically Transformers related was the game Angry Birds Transformers for Rovio. Okay. And I was worried going into that, you know, because they did want my sound 
and I thought, well, okay, how are we going to create new music in that sound? You right. know, there was a whole different set of circumstances back in the '80s than there is when this when this I forget what year that came out in the early 2000s, I believe. But we really came up with some music that I am proud of. We're both very proud of, um, and it's 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 got the elements of my score, but yet it's got something new, a lot of new stuff in it. And it's funny that project we could do no wrong from the director's standpoint. I mean, the, the music director at, at Rovio, he just was so excited. Yeah. The yeah, following it, project. Yeah, it got pretty hard, but yeah, the end of. By the end of the last few pieces that we were doing, it was like, okay, this whole section here, we're just going to trade fours, like soloing, and and like, and like, let's make some crazier drum fills, like, and it, it everything we did, it was like, oh, we love this, we love yeah. this, and um, but then the, the follow-up uh, project, yeah, yeah, the follow-up project, nothing was, we could write oh, would interest them. Yeah. I mean, was there, it with Rovio as well? It was Rovio. Yeah. It was the same guy, but yeah. we we since some, found out yeah, there, there was a, there was a political. Pol thing. Yeah, there was some yeah. polit politics going on behind on that. Um, oh, bummer. I think he's a composer himself and was hoping to do to be more involved in that side of it. Okay. And uh, but that actually that project turned out to be because the game the game had four separate distinct um, environments. So we decided to kind of pick a genre of to, each. for each one. Right. Okay. So we ended up doing like one of the genres was like a, a desert thing, and we just decided to do like spaghetti western, yeah. which mm. you know we've never really done. Yeah. Like, nobody, nobody would ever think like, yeah, was, you know, spaghetti western. Yeah, it's called Vince. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, but. It's actually some of our most satisfying, and uh, to me, like are some interesting pieces. Like, uh, you know, maybe that's something we'll play you later or whatever. Because that's called Pet Hunters. Was that the name of the game? That was a, that was the, at least monsters? the working title, Pet Monsters. Pet I think. Monsters. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. And then they just actually they just put a soundtrack out of that. Yeah, yeah the uh, yeah. they released a soundtrack because I think that game. I don't even know if it ever got released, but Rovio sold I think their game division to some Japanese company. Okay. And they released the soundtrack like back in February or January. And I would be curious if you guys heard this music, and we'll send you some at some point. If you hear any of me in this music, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what I kind of like about it. We were yeah. chameleons. It wasn't yeah. the hey, give us Rocky Four, give us Transformers. Yes. This yeah. was a whole new thing. There's probably one that, like uh, the Arctic environment. Yeah. Well, you could probably hear more Vince in that one, but you know some of it's. Uh, some of it sounds like uh, like one of the street levels. We kind of did a more, I don't know, Ocean's Eleven kind of like, oh, nice. uh, yeah. um, you know, we were talking about Shaft, like, you know, th that kind of thing. Grooves in there and, um, you know, those old kind of horns and mm, stuff like cool. that. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, one of the great, many great things about Kenny that that starts pieces off for us. He's good with temping things. Mm -hmm. You know, he's good at thinking, you know, I think this movie, the, the, the music from this movie might be applied to what we're doing. And that helps because you, you put it up and you say, okay, that, that looks right. Let's write a piece in that tempo, um, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, Kenny, Kenny's really yeah, good at that. Vince is great at uh, like, uh, he's, he likes to think without any restrictions, and I find that like <laughs> I'll never get anything done, like unless I, 
you know, we're going to do, you know, Eastern Asian Vietnamese folk, you know, or some something stupid. <laughs> Very <like>. specific. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sounds like you've worked on something like that. specifically. <laughs> Probably, you know, but um, so, you know, I think I think sometimes left if you just left Vince looking at an open palette, it's like, you know, it could be, go in like a million different directions yeah. and he could take it there like incredibly so. But it's like, I think through all my work doing commercials for like the Warner Brothers people and, you know, Disney and all these other companies, um, I sort of developed and, you know, into it about uh, what does this person, what are they looking for? Especially, what is this person who knows nothing about music looking for yeah. Yeah. and interpreting that? Yeah. Unicron is the answer, <laughs> yeah. we, we, as we, yes. as we yes. learned. Well, that was what you were yeah. speaking to earlier when you yeah. were saying that, you know, the people high up don't have any inkling. No, of, of no. It. and it's across all, you know, all areas of the business, the entertainment business. It's like this person is being driven by fear or politics or, as you guys mm -hmm. said, there's just something behind, you know, and you're working your asses off and somebody's like, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll just lose like six weeks of your production time and like, uh, yeah. yeah, whatever you got. Just send us whatever you got. Yeah. Like, oh, My boy. son Gerald's got something he's working <laughs> yeah. on that maybe you guys should like, see if you can yeah. put that in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some family member. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer to be a chameleon or do you prefer to be somebody who Ooh. is known for something? Well, I mean, I have to say it's nice to be known for something that has wide appeal, mm -hmm. you know, the rock, especially the rocket. I mean, I shouldn't say that because Transformers, see, I'm going to admit something. I'm going to confess something. Okay. When I was hired, maybe we talked about this in the original yeah. uh, interview, but mm -hmm. when I was hired to do Transformers, I knew nothing about it. Yeah. I didn't relate to it because I didn't relate to the toys, yeah. my age, yeah. you know. And when the movie was done, and, I mean, it was such a weird experience for me writing to storyboards and then seeing the final result up on screen and thinking, I wish I would have had the picture to write to. Mm. I think that when I saw the movie, I didn't like how the music was cut in, and I felt that actually, in a lot of cases, the music was wrong for the picture. Mm. But more importantly, I thought it was just a silly movie. Now, right. to fans, that's not fair, because they are, you know, they treat it with so, mu so much honor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and Rocky IV, let's face it, I mean, there's there's some silly scenes in that movie, but yet I understand the appeal. So when I say Transformers is not as popular to me as Rocky IV, it's just because I don't relate to it as much. But I've seen over the years through the fans' eyes yeah. how important the, the every aspect of that film is to these people. So where I have, um, how can I put this, you know, Rocky IV has a bigger mass appeal but transformers seems to have more loyal fans yeah. for some yeah. reason yeah and there's something too about we've talked about this on the show um a, a mediocre film can be elevated with a kick-ass soundtrack right and mm -hmm. sometimes and, and a exceptional film can be lowered right. with a mediocre soundtrack yep, and you know happens. and your pieces are like we we talked we just talked about Rocky Ford last week with um, Derek Wayne Johnson. He did a documentary on the Rocky Drago um, uh, director's cut oh. that Stallone did, right? Okay. And um, 
And we talked about how that movie, that score, without that score, it's not the same movie. And and your score elevates this. You'll hear it in the interview. Um, which well, means- this is kind of interesting. I don't know if you, if you knew this, because I, I was not aware of this, that Stallone, during lockdown, he was so antsy that he didn't know what to do, and he just started recutting oh, really? Rocky Four. I didn't know that. And then uh, I guess MGM said, we'll pay you. And then, so so this is like 40 years later, doing a director's cut 40 years later, which is just unheard of. It's just so weird. And then he's just cutting out things or whatever. I, I have not seen, I still haven't seen it, but uh, I'm kind of afraid to. But um, <laughs> but the fact is, is that, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, breaking into this and and it'd be i'd be curious to see how your, your music was was used or reused or re-envisioned well, now that was such a weird situation because i made it clear to stallone through his assistance that i'm i'm able i'm free to work on whatever you want me to work on you mm-hmm. know uh, you don't have to pay me because you've 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 created this great opportunity for me i would just love to be involved in the if you're going to change any music and right. it's my music right let me be a part of that and he said oh yeah just give me your you know give me your home phone i don't want to talk to any managers or he says just <laughs> i want to talk directly yeah. to you and i thought okay that's cool next thing i hear an interview with uh who was it uh, not the guy from Eye of the Tiger, but somebody not related to me. He, he was a songwriter on one song in the soundtrack, and he was put in charge of getting all the music together. Oh, man. So we went, Peter and I, and uh, Robin Garb, who was the music supervisor for Rocky IV, we went to Philadelphia to see this, this, this uh, director's cut. And it was a strange thing. And, and Peter, I kept saying to Peter, are they using my music? Because Peter kept saying, you know, they don't have to contractually. They could switch out the whole score. Right. You know, and I thought, oh, man, wouldn't that be a bummer? It was and all Unicron. Saying, it was all Unicron. Unicron. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? And, and everybody else was saying, no, But they kept gonna. telling me, this is Peter, by the way, speaking. Yeah. They kept saying, Hello, yes. Hello, Peter. Hello. They kept saying, your music's in there. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. So the first oh, man. 15 minutes of the film there's no music by me yeah because it's bill conti's music smart decision on stallone's part because it harkened back to the first movie right and uh you know <laughs> peter was sweating it out because he thought oh my maybe they're not going to use yeah. your score right but then when they started using my pieces you know they kept everything intact and it sounded good, oh, it, good. um and I thought actually it was a good movie. I, I liked the version of it. I really did. I was saying uh, in the the previous episode that we recorded for Rocky Four that it's a nice companion piece. It is to what I consider one of the greatest sport movies of all time. Mm, yeah. You know, especially montage wise, and whether you want to call it a montage or just something that motivates you, makes you feel good. Yeah. And it's I lo- I watched it again with such a. It took me back to when I was a child watching it. Uh-huh. And I'm getting choked up over scenes that are probably silly, but it's reminding me of my youth, yeah. you know, and how oh, much yeah. that movie drove me and how much that soundtrack drives me and how much we listen to drug dealer that mom was dating how he <laughs> took you to the <laughs> Canadian border as a mule and <laughs> the mule and the Canadian border uh, Merry Christmas you know you like <laughs> brings you back hey, you right take back me there. back um, and then you talk about Transformers though and Transformers I think that movie also has aged very well yeah. you know because what we've seen since then has not and so and your score 
the minute you hear elements of dare, you know, and, and, and you just hear this, the, the tones in that just get you yeah. every single time, you know? So one of the nicest compliments, my manager, Peter Hackman has given me a, a, one of many is he pointed out that when people talk about the music to Transformers, they usually are not talking about the live-action movies uh, by Steve Jablonski, his, his the composer. For no. The no offense to him. No, 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 no offense, offense at all. A lot no. of offense to him. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, <laughs> but, you know, I'll take that. We were no. at Comic-Con, and we were talking to the Hasbro people there, and uh, they agreed. They said, yeah, when people talk about the music to Transformers, it has nothing to do with the, the live-action. And that's, that's a great compliment, yeah. you know? Because because that movie traumatized most of our generation mm. when Optimus Prime died. <laughs> yes. That is like the thing, you know, right. like no one was expecting that. No one could see that coming. And when his when the color drains, when the red fades, it's like, okay. So this that movie means so much more, you know, of course, than Michael Bay's like, here we go. I don't even know yeah. if he's played with the Transformer. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it's like, I mean, we're we're not in the age group to be, you know, it was younger people right. that were, and you know, a couple of things we've worked on, like uh, Joe Troutman, you know, we did a thing here where you got all the um, the voice actors, and we oh, yeah. we did like, you know, there were five six people in here doing, I don't know, they had scripts and did all of it, and then. You the know, Transformers voice actors, yeah. like yeah. Peter Cullen was in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if Peter was. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't, see, Craig, I don't know who any Craig of these Berger. guys okay. are. So. Okay. Oh, Greg Berger. So, okay. Yeah, he was here. We know Greg yeah. Berger. Yeah. 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 But no, Peter Cullen was. But it's funny uh, because, like, Joe is is your typical just like diehard Transformer fan. Yeah. Anyway, so we recorded all this stuff, and then you know he he wants me to edit it together for him, and it's right. like, and I'm doing this, and it's like. He's going. What can we do to make the you know the guy sound more like you know, uh, but Optimus but butt fucker or something. I you know whatever their names are. Optimus I don't know. Optimus butt fucker. Yeah, uh, you've heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Optimus. And I mule. finally had. To, I I, yes. I told Joe. I go, Joe. I I have to tell you this. I mean, Vince and I have worked on a lot of music that we've had to reference Transformers, so I know most of the pieces. But I have never once, nor probably ever will, sit through and watch the whole Transformer no, movie. No, I mean, right. I've, yeah. I've never seen it. It's, right. it's not my thing. So I have no idea. I have no idea who this character is, what he is in the thing, right. or what he sounds right. like. But when I told him, like, I've never seen it, I probably never will. Like, I could hear over the phone, <laughs> like Joe's, like, you know, <laughs> like, just like. I can't believe it. Yeah. Joe, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You don't know RC? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the same thing with uh, video games, you know, because we've, we've done interviews with right. video game people. Right. You know, the last video game Vince played was Pac-Man. Pac-Man. I was going to say. And for me, it's probably Atari Donkey Kong. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, because okay. I, did, I did have a Nintendo, and I realized very quickly that, like, Okay, this could keep me up to four a.m. Like you know, yeah. and like oh, how you had easy some good it discipline. <laughs> that's that's good. Well, yeah. I already have like right. you know enough of an obsession right. in life. Yeah, I can't have two. That's why I don't watch NFL football because like you can't watch one game. You got to watch the all Sunday. Team. Yeah, you yeah. know, and Sunday uh, needs to be at, yeah football day. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I I you know because I was 
you know, I totally had a sports upbringing. And, um, you know, the, and I find a lot of parallels of it in music. And, uh, but I totally know that, like, no, nah, there's no way I could be a diehard sports nut because, you know, it, who's got the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk right. about some of the pieces. That, that maybe can we play some of the pieces that you uh, that sure. you yeah. worked on together? There's so much we could play you that is, you know, we're really really proud of. Yeah. Well, we're, talk about the whiskey. So you played a show at the whiskey in 2018, right? 20. Yeah, it was 2018. Okay. People flew in from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So where were you, Zach? I know mm-hmm. about that show. Where was I? I don't know. Um, you were busy that day. I was with my was son. A, probably it was a great opportunity. So us. what was the what was the Let's t- talk about like how that all came to be, really quick. If you can. I have to credit my daughter Danielle because okay. I guess Stan Bush had played there months before we played there, and Danielle, you know, she pays attention to all this stuff. I don't, and she said, "Dad, if Stan played there, why can't you play there?" Right. I said, well, I haven't been yeah. invited. Well, she gets on the phone to the people at the whiskey. Yeah. And uh, she makes arrangements for her dad to play the whiskey. Awesome. Now, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like they're inviting me to, to play and they're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to have the club and have no other bands on the bill, which is their normal thing, right. mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pay, right. pay rent the place, basically. Yeah. Right. Yep. And... What was great about that is she set all that up together with the, with the uh, managers, and uh, they didn't really know anything about me. Like, okay. They were just, oh, here's a guy, his daughter called, he's a musician, he's got a little band together, and yeah, I've heard he's done some, some soundtracks, you know, but we don't <laughs> really know who Vince DiCola is. So we played, and they really didn't treat me well up until the night of the concert, they treated me like a, just another, another uh, Joe Blow, so yeah. to speak, yeah. Yeah. and uh, somebody that's playing their nightclub, and they have you know thousands of people play right. there. Great thing was, uh, we had set up a uh, meet and greet upstairs after the show. Okay, that's kind of how you and I connected to. That's right. That's when I met Peter. Um, oh. Peter came into that project. Peter Pretty packed late. that place. Huh? <laughs> Peter packed the place. He did. He did. I think with his social came, media. And he came in very late in the process. And <laughs> Peter basically came to me and he said, listen, he wasn't even a manager at that time. I just love you. I was like, he says, I, help. I love your music. <laughs> oh, I see that, you wow. know, I don't see enough of advertisement for this show. Uh-huh. Let me come in and help. And yeah. That was like the last two weeks, and that's when all the sales came in because right. he really, you know, made it visible. We did the meet and greet and started doing all this other stuff. Yeah, and and Peter put all that together. Because I said, fans want to meet you. We can add a little charge to that, yeah. you know? Right. Um, but Absolutely. going up the steps to, to this meet and greet, now the show was just done. And the guy Jake that that had I've been talking to about the guy who was kind of treating you like yeah, Joe yeah. Schmo, yeah. And he apologized to me. He said really? I had no idea. Good for him. That you wrote that and that and that. Wow. And he said it, he said you're you're welcome back anytime. Said, of course you are. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> of course you are. So we would love to do it again. Yeah. That was a great gig. The sound was fantastic. Yeah. The audience was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we didn't sell it out, but we had enough people there that it was exciting. You know. No, and, 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 and as someone who's 
played some shows, you know, and and they don't know who you are, but the the, the reception is great. Yes, that matters so much. It sort and of if you did. get it, x amount of people to show up, that matters as well. But then they put those two pieces together with the fact that you were a legendary composer who is well known throughout the world globally for the better part of 40 plus years that matters a lot it certainly did to them that night i'm <laughs> yeah. glad it did because it, it uh well, good. vindicated me you and know? you deserve yeah. that and i and then we've talked about this before like the attention that you that that you get is much deserved you know you have yeah. earned it thank you and for for people to not know it you know it's like once they do even better well I mean, what we're hoping for, what we've been hoping for, we hope that we hoped that the the whiskey video would help as a calling card. We right. want to play live a lot. You know, we would love we we love performing. We have a great band. It's a it's a six piece band, um, and everybody in the band is they're great to get along with. They're fun, but they're excellent musicians. Some of them are composers as well, mm. and they some of them have grown up with my music, yeah. and tell me how much of an honor it is to come on stage and play my stuff. Cool. Cody Carpenter. Yeah. Cody Carpenter, who's oh, no John kidding. Carpenter's John's, yeah. son. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So These guys are total geeks. Yeah, they, yeah, they are <laughs> yeah. geeks. Well, that's a good thing, yeah. you know? It's like we need we need more geeks yeah. in the world. That's yeah. what's kept Transformers the movie so yeah, popular for absolutely. so many people. It's so yes. funny, though, because we've been out to dinner with them, and like all of them, and Vince and I are sitting there, and they're like, no, in episode 37, like, they got, you know, and we're, and we're <laughs> like, like, oh, those kind of geeks. How do you no. have wives and girlfriends? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, right. what's going on? You here, have to have so, very right. patient yeah. partners. Yeah. Uh, my wife can attest to that. <laughs> but they're all brilliant, like musicians and composers. It's that's like, fantastic. And we really play well together and this show at the we've done three shows i believe we did one in, in san diego when comic-con was going on okay at a club near comic-con what was the other one the troubadour with the troubadour the, the with Cobra Cobra Kai Kai guys. Kai yeah guys. well let's uh let's play the the song that, yeah, that yeah. you have yeah so so we did uh, a, a medley of pieces from the angry birds transformer score and what you're about to see is the live version of that. Right on.
can yeah. see how much fun we have. Yeah. And, and, wow. uh, and the musicianship in the band, because those pieces, it's not like playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. You know? No, there is so much going on there. There is. Technically, yeah. that was insane. And it really does come from uh, my progressive rock you know, totally. And, uh, but, and, uh, you know, we took some chances with this stuff. We didn't know if the, if the audience was going to dig it, but they loved it. Yeah. They loved it. Was something about, like you guys, you just said a minute ago, talking, playing live is so important, you know, and, and loving to play live. And I feel like there was a time when then that wasn't necessarily, like, it wasn't common to see live concerts by composers, right? Mm -hmm. In the, yeah, that's 20 sure. years ago, it was like, just bands played concerts, right? And right. then th that started changing. Right. And that piece was fantastic. Thank it was you. So Thanks. good. Yeah, you guys Thanks. crushed it. On yeah, that was basically the that was the Angry Birds Transformer theme, <laughs> which was kind of an overture of like different pieces that we we kind of compose all the pieces for Angry Birds Transformer and then set about putting it together as a you know as a main theme or whatever. Makes me but, want to uh, play the game now. I. You've got a like a twelve string guitar in there, just like a like a solo. Uh, yeah, there's. It's it, actually there's, a uh, what the, what they call a Chapman stick. It's oh, a bass, yeah. bass and guitar it, it, okay. together. Okay, yeah. really? Okay. And it's a great instrument. It just sounds so. so it much. sounds yeah. It sounds very distinct and unique yeah. and. Um, and also, I will say, like visually, it's it, it's shot really well too, and I love it is, how it, how it's edited. The guys edited. at, the, at yeah. the whiskey did that. Oh, yeah. okay. And I paid yeah, them extra to do it. Okay, yeah, that's, great wor job. that's worth like, it. Yeah, it was all live, uh, live camera editing. Like, yeah. there's no yeah. editing in the thing. He was doing it on the fly. Okay, we're, we're gonna Which, give the video to somebody else to do, you know, some of the animation and graphics and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just 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 shooting. It's like, I mean, there's some other ones where it's like somebody take a solo and the guy didn't know the music at all but it's like he's right on it it's like yep. hey, like you must have a good you know uh feel good for sense. like oh, I, I think that guy's working gonna do with all solo. these bands yeah. at the whiskey yeah. you know he's wow got a great experience yeah yeah and the whiskey's a legendary club you know and it's it's a place where i don't remember seeing a lot of composers do shows at the whiskey right and so that's also really that unique. Was, yeah, that was yeah. a cool opportunity. And special. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been out here since 1981, never stepped foot in the whiskey until that night. <laughs> no kidding. Which is crazy. That's, that's, that's wild. crazy. What about the Troubadour? Have, have you been uh, in the Troubadour before? I saw one concert there. Okay. It, Are you a live concert guy? Do you like going to I shows? I love live concerts. Okay. I love them. I mean, to me, because of, of my age, I guess there's not the opportunities that we had back in the 70s right. you know to see bands like yes and emerson lake and palmer playing to fifty thousand people right. with a big production and everything right. we don't right. have that i mean there are people like you too who have the big production but they don't have the music that i relate to yeah so yeah i i love going to concerts and i really love playing and and we have a blast yeah. i mean, at rehearsals we rehearsed here for one of them um we have two voice actors in the band so you never know who's gonna show up at this rehearsal. Like one yeah. night, you uh, events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one night uh, Johnny Stone. Carson showed up. You yeah. know, <laughs> as far as the voices and these guys yeah. were excellent, and it's a lot of fun. But when it comes down to getting to the music, you know, everybody did their homework, oh, and uh, we had three rehearsals for that, and that was it. Three everybody, rehearsals for that show, yeah, which you just played. Yeah, and uh, everybody did their homework. Yep, leading up to that for months. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because the, the Troubadour gig, 
you know, different drummer for the last two yeah. shows than uh, Vic on this one. But um, like, I almost feel like the, the last show, it's like, it's almost like we knew the material like for the first time. So like, it would be really interesting to have this band do like a three week tour or something. Yes. Because right. after a couple of nights, it would just be like pretty fantastic, I think. And that is the challenge of doing what they call one-offs. It's like, especially with this music, you build up to it. You have to build up to it. You know, you can't come out of the gate with this stuff no, you and don't expect open it up. to sound perfect, you know, or right. even close to perfect the first time. Right. So we're aware of all the mistakes that we made. Not that it ruined the show or anything, no. but we're also aware that if we had an opportunity to do a tour, by the third or fourth gig of that tour, we would be tight, very, very tight. Yeah, because yeah. for the Troubadour show, we decided, like, we're going to do all in-ear monitors. Like, the only thing, like, live sound was the drums. Okay. And uh, and we were assured that, like, you know, we said, like, can we get this hook up for the monitor, for you know, so that we can do our in-ears? So we set everything up, and we actually got a great in-ear monitor mix of everything set up. Okay. And then we get there, and it was like, oh, man. They don't have, uh, we can only give you four channels. So basically, everybody had the same mix. Mm. And then oh. we, then and we had. Mix a, was distorted. Yeah. And, and then we had a click track. And I think, I think we had, because uh, Cody couldn't do that show with us. So we had some backing tracks with that. Okay. But I still think we played the show better. Yes. Because everybody, like, like, you know, everybody had become more familiar with the music yeah. from doing two previous shows. What two years apart or whatever? Well, and you are, and I, I can relate to this. You are your harshest critic, you know. Absolutely. You are the person who's like, oh yeah, but if if I had done this or hadn't done that yeah. or whatever. But I'm sure the fans listening, watching, didn't care, loved no, it immensely. They loved it. They loved and that's it. what matters. And specifically about the Troubadour show, I had done an ASCAP show with the two composers from Cobra Kai because they had this program where they would put composers on with other composers that maybe had influenced them. Oh, cool. Okay. And they chose me to be on that show That's with them. That's fantastic. So cool. And when yeah. we played live, they made it clear to the audience, this is the guy that we patterned some of our stuff after. Right. And, and I performed one piece with them on, on, their, on their set. And uh, they really gave us praise. I mean, they, yeah, they were... Uh, it was really cool because I had never met them and I went up and like introduced myself after the show or whatever after their set and it's like you know they were so like humbling and it's like dude you don't need to be this humble you got a way bigger show than i got than yeah. you know what yeah. we've got going no but on. artists like, appreciate artists yeah. you yeah. know and, yeah and nicest guys yeah. really nice guys that's cool that's yeah. well and then it leads me to hopefully hear you say something like yeah, and the next season of Cobra Kai, we make a surprise appearance on our, on the you soundtrack. Never know. Yeah, you never yeah, know, you and never hopefully know. that'll be the case. If it hasn't happened yet, hopefully it will happen down yeah, the road. That'd be mm -hmm. great. In fact, Joe Esposito and I were talking about writing something for that. Really? I think there's only one more season of that coming up. I believe so, but there's the yeah. planning a spinoff. And yeah, whatnot, I, that's so. what I saw with some spinoff that, that they. Uh, oh. that I saw Ralph macho or whatever like talking about something there was something yeah, there's going a new on, karate right? kid movie that they're making oh they're maybe that thing that on that. Yep. Yeah. so yeah. there's always opportunities um you were going to perform a, a live piece right we are going to do on that. our show should we should we get into that because yes, we're just starting to that. wrap up and a little bit set it up um there was a transformers video game called heavy metal that never came out okay 
Kenny and I were hired to do a version of the Transformers more than meets the eye theme. And I think we killed it. I really do. And I'm so upset that that never came out. Right. So you're going to hear something that very few people have heard. And I have to tell you, it's a difficult piece to play. Okay. We're not going to play it perfectly, but you'll get the energy and you'll hear the the, the, the melodies and we everything. We would never know. We would never know if you didn't play well, it perfectly. Well, uh, <laughs> I will know, unfortunately. <laughs> so this is uh, the theme from Transformers video game called Heavy Metal. It was never released, unfortunately. That was fantastic. 
Thank you. Thank oh, you. my gosh. Yeah. Holy That hell. gave yeah. the feels. All the tingles came back. All that was right. really, really fantastic. Yeah. Will that ever see the light of day Boy, outside of this recording? I sure hope so. If we even have to put it out ourselves, you know, it's got to be on some album at some point. I could see Note for Note Music yeah. doing a colored vinyl single release. Um, you know, uh, one side is that one and the other side is, uh, you know, something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unicron. Always, always. Can't keep it away. Can't keep it away. Oh, yeah. gosh. You guys, uh, Vince, Kenny, like, this is awesome. It's, it's an honor to be able to sit down with you and have a conversation with uber talented people like yourselves oh, and Thank um, you so much you know utmost appreciation laid upon you guys sincerely well just Thank to be you. clear though you guys have no, you've not seen an episode of transformer oh, <laughs> because it's Vince has. it's Vince so epic the and the more than meets the eye that's playing underneath and it's like you know it is like it is like layers of our childhood yeah. in that you know, you're you're actually getting all these layers of every <laughs> everything that we know yeah. that we recognize yeah. as Transformers, and yeah. So just because what, what was this one? Was this a piece we did for Hasbro? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, Heavy uh, metal was the name of the game, and for some right. reason, I mean, they they had it done, but for some reason, they decided not to put it out. Wow. Unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that, that, that they didn't put it out. Yeah. <laughs> Until today. Well, yeah. How do you feel now that you know? Are you sad? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I'm going to go smash light bulbs and yeah. everything. And... Do we have time to play one more piece for you guys? We would like to play you the medley from Transformers that okay. I did over in Spain. And, and how did that come about? In 2018, I was invited to an event in Tenerife, Spain called Famusite. And it is a film music festival that's held once a year in the beautiful island of Tenerife, um, part of the Canary Islands over there. And one of the organizers of the event, a gentleman named Pedro Merida, reached out to me. Pedro's idea that year for that year was to have me over to perform uh, a medley of material from Rocky IV with their youth orchestra, which is absolutely amazing. Um, that is so cool, yeah. These kids were, were so passionate and we had so much fun, and I, I could tell they enjoyed playing my music. Uh, it was just such a, a, an amazing experience. And there was a gentleman, an, an amazing conductor named Diego Navarro, uh, who is a partner with Pedro in this event, along with uh, Diego's wife, Anna. Um, the three of them put this event on each year, and... You know, I could tell from the first time I started corresponding with, with uh, Diego that uh, he was spot on with what needed to happen to put this medley together and to conduct it and, and did a fantastic job. The theme was cyberpunk. So, you know, he had the guy from uh, you oh, know, yeah. Brad Fidel that did Terminator. In fact, they ended the concert with Terminator theme. Oh, cool. At the end of the concert, my piece was second to last. And Brad came up to me and he says, man, you should have been last. He said, that was a hard act to follow. And I thought that was a very, very high compliment coming yes. from a composer. Brad's a cool guy. We've had him on our show. He's, have you? Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great I guy. I love Brad. And uh, so I put together a 10-minute medley for that. And That's on YouTube, I think, right? It or, is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anybody can 
can look it up. Yeah, on there, we'll know? put a link in our show notes. Yeah, that'd to that. be great. And this was a 64-piece orchestra, the adult orchestra, and a 42-piece choir. And that was the first time I performed my music with a choir. And we had a great rock band, and we had uh, an amazing orchestrator named Lee Phillips that Pedro introduced me to. And it turned out that Lee was also a fan of both scores, Rocky IV and Transformers. The organizer has paid me a lot of respect in the last four, four years by asking me over there. They didn't have to do that. Because my music is so old, but yet they wanted they wanted to have the Rocky Four and they wanted to have Transformers. You know what? It, yeah. It's timeless. Yeah. It's timeless.
inside it, there's no need to turn. You wonder how you keep going. And to love the things that really matters and the chances you've
<laughs> watching that now. I want to go watch Transformers now. That was <laughs> epic. I I don't think I was I caught myself I wasn't breathing yeah. halfway through Dare. I, I was like I uh, I, I think I think I'm going to watch Transformers now. <laughs> well, Finally. The, that yeah. movie is like it is it's it's a hero's journey, you know. It, it has a little element of Star Wars to it, and it's fun. It's again nostalgic, and yeah. it's got not like all. No offense to all the things that have come out since. If that movie did not have your score, I think it would we can offend movie. all these things though. That it's not the yeah, It's not as. I don't think we need to be like Transformers. The movie is a it's a good movie. It. Yeah. It's fun. Obviously, there's <laughs> it's so epic, period. But then you have this choir. Uh, you know, and yeah, and the vocalist straight yep. from Aida stage to like he was like feeling like the oh, he had it, you know, he, he, yeah, he, he was, I mean, the he's audience a, right there, he's a performer, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the thing is, the original score didn't have orchestra or choir on it, no. but it makes perfect sense to hear it like this. And you know, if we had the budget, I would have done it like right. This. <laughs> um, Again, we could talk all day and we could go on and on. But Next time. I, I'm so glad because we, we, we did focus the last interview we did with you specifically. Uh, we focused a lot, Vince, on your on the Rocky Four soundtrack and the kind of formation of how that all came to be. This one, I, I'm so glad we came back to revisit Transformers and talk about that because at that time, I don't think that you had as much of a fondness as you seem to have for it now. That's a good yeah. point. And that's a good thing to have. I mean, at the end of the day, like you look back on it and, and you created something that's timeless. You add a choir to that, you add an orchestra to that, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't it's change exciting. it. It it's gives really, it even more impact. Really so. exciting. You could see the audience loved it, you know. Yeah. That actually they had a standing ovation for about two minutes. I don't was, see why they couldn't. Yeah. Like, you'd have to stand for that. I think cool. uh, we all need to move to Spain is what I'm learning from this. <laughs> Sounds, they, yeah. They do everything right? better. Yeah. <laughs> right. They work less. That's they, right. Let's that's, that's work on that. I mean, so, yeah, we'll do this again. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be fun. It would be an honor. It would be an yeah. sincerely. Yeah, and, fun. and thanks again Amazing. to you, Peter, for, for organizing Peter. and orchestrating oh. this. Peter's my man. Yes. He's my brother. We've had some fun trips overseas. Oh, my God. Wow. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Thank cool. you so Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeedPodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.